Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the American Citizens Podcast Summer World Cup Edition. My name is Gray. I'm here with Josh. Josh, long time no talk. I know, right? I, um, I mean, we did kind of talk, and yeah, then we talked for a moment, and then we didn't talk, and then we were talking again. Let's we should lay out here before we go into anything else our our, our general plan here, because I know that we get Twitter questions repeatedly. Is the podcast dead? Are you ever going to record another podcast? The answer is obviously yes, and after this one, the answer will still be yes. Um, we're we're kind of in summer mode right now. Um, I think that our plan is basically to record this one and then come back once the group stage of the World Cup is concluded, barring any breaking news in the interim, um, and, and 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 talk about that. Because this is a Manchester City podcast, not a World Cup podcast, but considering 90% of the first team is in Russia right now, interests kind of overlap. Um, so, yes, we are doing more podcasts, and yes, we plan on being more regular once the season starts, and I don't know if you know this, I don't think I've tweeted about it, but I am officially, I have a hotel booked, tickets purchased, to go see the man's, what will basically be the Man City under-23s plus Leroy Sané in Chicago against Borussia Dortmund this summer on July 20th. That's going to be exciting. That is going to be exciting, and that will be something that to talk about after it happens. So I had I had tickets for the game here in LA and at the last minute I sold the tickets yes, because for a very good reason might I add. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, but I, re- I I'm always going to regret that but I know that I'll be able to see this team. That's the thing is that they're totally coming back to Los Angeles at some point in the future yeah. so. I, I just be- hope it's with Pep. Yeah. Maybe you'll get fortunate and it won't be during a World Cup summer because I, j- I just accept the fact that I'm going to end up seeing, like, what do we have, Bravo and um, Leroy Sané, because Jerry didn't take him, and whoever else didn't even get picked up for the World Cup. I don't even remember off the top of my head, but... Jorginho, you know. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. Um Maybe if some of these guys get booted out of the group stage quickly enough, I can see them for three minutes in a cameo. <laughs> and Liverpool fans will have all the opportunity in the world to see their favorite players. <laughs> they, would, they, they would have come up with a petition to, to make sure that that happened anyway. Can we, can we just talk for a minute so about... We got that meme out of the Champions League final because I'm not letting that one die. <laughs> yeah, can we just talk for a brief moment about, like, look, I mean, there there are times when I'm happy, and then there are times when Real Madrid beat Liverpool in the Champions League final three to one. Happy, like I, I'm just gonna say that I needed that to happen. I I, I need, if Liverpool were to have won the Champions League last year, I I don't know how I would have taken that. 
Well, you know, we're all just jealous, and in reality, they 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 won no matter what because they're Liverpool. That's true. Can, can, did you see that tweet yesterday from I think the Mirror's Northern Football correspondent about? about Salah playing through injury in the World Cup. And I want to make one thing very clear before I go into any of this. Mo Salah is one of my favorite players in England. I love watching the guy. Liverpool are one of my least favorite clubs in England. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 it's a it's a kind of a strange dichotomy where I'm just like, oh yeah, Salah Salah's awesome. But I also hope that he fails every time he turns out for them. Um Yeah. I imagine it's not too dissimilar to how most Liverpool fans feel about Raheem Sterling. I mean, though our reasons for wanting to most most Salah to fail are pure sporting, whereas it's it's spite mostly. Yeah, 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 pretty much. <coughs> um, pretty I, much. It's 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 nothing personal at in at all. Um. I wish I could enjoy Liverpool more because aside from us, I had I I derive more enjoyment from watching them from a pure foot pure, pure footballing standpoint than any other team in England last year, but it's Liverpool. Um, I, I'm going to read this tweet verbatim because it made me laugh so hard. It is the Daily Mirror's Northern Football correspondent. This is real courage from Mo Salah to still impact the game with such an obvious injury. I hope his World Cup is remembered for a real pride in his nation and his bravery in trying to carry the weight of expectation of a hundred million Egyptians on that dodgy shoulder. <sighs> wow, that, that is... And this is not, like, you know, I think, I wouldn't say anything if this were just some, like, random at SuperSala21 on Twitter um, who spends his entire day thinking of Liverpool memes and 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 flailing over himself? To, to, I've noticed to that team. soccer Twitter is pretty much people that have, uh, uh what do you call it, puns on yeah. on foot, footballers and mm-hmm. such. Simply Martial. Yeah. Um, the, the, the well beast. <laughs> and it it happens at City too. Let's let's be clear. And it does. It does. There was Very one clear, kid yeah. that I. There was one kid I followed for like 0.2 seconds. I think it was like the Silva lining, and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh god, I can't take this anymore. This dude was like, uh, yeah, I I I had to I had to I for you know uh it, I I get it I suppose I, I mean it's a little cheesy, but I mean I guess that it's I really don't have much room to argue with tied on twist. I suppose. Yeah, I mean. I mean, my Twitter handle is is a line from "We didn't start the fire," so it's we're we're kind of throwing stones from glass houses here. But well, I mean, mine is just fight on, and then my nickname from college. Like I I I tend to write about USC, and you know, it's not different from somebody who's like, "I'm inside Troy." Well, what's your website? USCfootball.com. Oh, okay, well that makes sense, you know. So I mean. These but people. I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't say that if it were just some random Liverpool fan. That is a writer for the Mirror, man. Like, come on. And 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 people wonder, like, oh, how? Why do you hate Liverpool? And they haven't won anything in so long, and they're just, you know, they're just Liverpool. And it's like, no, that's why. That's yeah. Why. That's why. And it's because they all think they should win something by virtue of being Liverpool. 
I had I had somebody argue with me that it wasn't the Liverpool fans who started a, a lot of this racist BS towards Sterling. Like, oh no, it was the Sun, and I'm like, well, where do you think the Sun got the idea? I I I will only say to this to that. The media, especially the UK tabloid media, needs clicks. They yeah. will write about things that people click on. If people weren't clicking on this, they wouldn't be writing it as much. Yeah, and that's really sad. all there is to it. <laughs> and that's this the sad is not part. like some media-created phenomenon. No, there's a market for this stuff. And, and the problem is, is it's still happening to Sterling? Like somebody's like, oh, Sterling needs uh, somebody. It's tweeted. been three years, man. It's, yeah, somebody tweeted the other day, like, oh, Sterling needs another phone call from oh, Pat. I saw going to I get really him going enjoyed James Ducker throwing that guy down on Twitter. Yeah, he's like, no, what he really needs is people in the media to stop using him as a scapegoat, and it's like, thank you. Thank you, because if you look at the official stats, Lingard had a much worse yeah. game. I said after that game that it says a lot about how deeply seated this is in both the media and the fan base. And um, I want to say, I actually like Jesse Lingard as a player. I, I realize that he plays for United, and I am not trying to scapegoat him at the defensive story. That's not what this is about. The reason I say this is because somebody was actually tweeting the stats after the game about take-ons, etc., and Sterling had the better numbers. This is this is not to do with, you know, United versus City. No, this is purely a numbers game. If you're a sports guy, you should be able to appreciate that. It's a numbers game here. Sterling had a better game than Lingard. But Lingard's described as Sterling takes stick for a chance that he missed when it would have likely been ruled offside anyway, either by the officials or by VAR. It would not have counted. Lingard misses the same thing, and he's considered unlucky. I don't it, get it. it. It is for me. I hate Jesse Lingard. But um, I, I, I said afterward, it's like it says a lot about how deep this is in the media and the fan base that in a game that, hey, England won. Can we, again, England won that game. They won the game. There, you know, I mean, there you have there. That doesn't mean that there isn't reason for complaint. You can win a game with a poor performance, but they won the game. Team beat Iran one nil today. No, it's not exactly like these, the these dominant, supposedly dominant favorite teams. Brazil lost to Mexico. I mean, you know, I'm just saying here. But Mexico, Brazil held by Switzerland. Yeah, Brazil held by Switzerland. It's not like these teams are Argentina, lighting it up. Argentina held to ice by Iceland. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just they won the game. He didn't, you know, England had some problems in the second half, but he wasn't really any, you know. I would argue that England lost a lot of fluidity up front when they took him off for Rashford. Because yeah. Rashford just decided I'm going to try to dribble at people and hope something good happens. And by the way, I'm going to dummy this clear scoring opportunity in the box and, and hope that someone else does. Like, I thought that England lost a lot of fluidity when they took Sterling off. Um, and they didn't play quite as well in attack once he was off and they needed the late corner to win. But I, I, will, I will just say that I think he, you know... It was not, I will be the first to say it wasn't his best game, but he, I don't think he played badly. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think 
you're seeing outside of Cristiano Ronaldo right now, who's the runaway favorite for for the Golden Boot here at the World Cup. I mean, people well, can, remind I, my, at the World Cup, James Rodriguez scored six goals. I just want to point out that Ronaldo's two thirds of the way there, and we're not even might go and try to win the damn thing by himself at this. And you know what? If Ronaldo goes ahead and does that, like, by just scoring and scoring and scoring and scoring, like, look, I may have to switch my opinion on the whole Ronaldo and Messi thing, but, you know, I mean, we we, we saw this out of Messi in 2014 where he was just absolutely dominant in, in, in the group stages, and then when Argentina got to the knockout stages, the goals just didn't come, so... You know, I, and I'm not saying that's going to happen to Ronaldo. I'm just saying that, that that these things do happen in the World Cup. People get off to cracking starts, and and then they slow down. But Jesus, please, if Ronaldo isn't isn't having himself the kind of tournament he wanted to have, it's it's a sports thing to get very caught up in what people do for one or two games and try to ascribe it to a wider meaning. I guess you could say. Right. Uh, I mean, like, it's a very sports thing to do, because that's that's happening not just to Ronaldo. And I mean, it's justified with Ronaldo, because it's not like he's some nobody who's just come out here and performed at the, such a high standard. No, he's been doing this for a decade and a half now. But, you know, people... It, it's... Using international tournaments to just to settle the Messi-Ronaldo debate is, is, I think, it's a flawed premise, because there's so many variables that go into everything that, you know... But well, to be perfectly fair, if if if, if you oh, if, I know it will be used. If Ronaldo does have just this ridiculous, if he does the damn thing, yeah. It's 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 it, it's going to be a fair criticism because Messi's no. arguably on the much better team. Mm-hmm. It was not able to do something. If Ronaldo somehow wins this thing with Portugal, and he's the guy that 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 leads. Uh, it leads Portugal to this victory, somewhat like he did in the Euros. It's it's definitely going to be brought up time after time after time. After oh, I know it will. And, and you know what, though? This is the thing, though. I can't remember the last time we... Uh, what do you have to go back to? Maradona, the last time you had a player who was expected to be that Don? Well, maybe 98 and Zidane. Yep. Probably 98 and Zidane. I Probably. take that I take it back. Zidane at the at the '98 World Cup or Brazil in the 2002 future future France manager Zidane. Yeah, <laughs> either way, it's been roughly at the bare minimum. It's been almost 16 years since we've had somebody show up at the World Cup who who was supposed to be dominant and did. So, and, and and this is the thing too, as much as I'm team messy and I realize we're getting way off track here, but again, it's the world cup. It's not like we have that much to talk about guys. Uh, uh, as much as I am on team messy, I have to say this about Ronaldo. Every single time, every time. And this is, I, I, I say every, because I have watched a ton of video on this, but, Every time Ronaldo gets the chance to make a kid's day, he seizes that opportunity and goes above and beyond for that child. Hate Ronaldo all you want. That man understands his fan base and delivers in space. It's a weird <laughs> thing because I think Ronaldo's a, it's, he he's such a tool, and yet he's also such a good guy to his fans. It's such a... 
it's a strange dichotomy of things I can't even remotely. If you're over the the actual footballing age, you know, if, if, oh, if yeah. you're at that age, Arnold's like, eh, you're too old to be geeking out like this. Then then he's if he might be a dick to you. But if you're under that proper footballing age, Ronaldo's gonna give you a hug and sign your jersey. I did. I oh, yeah. It's <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Let's talk about Jorginho. Um yeah. the English media is saying it's done now, so that's yeah. DiMarzio and the English media, so I think we can pretty safely say that we have a deal here. Um yeah. Telegraph, James, James Duff. Yeah. 43 million rising to 48 million with add-ons is the the reported terms, um, which I would say is pretty damn good considering the standard of player that City are signing from Napoli here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's safe to say that this is uh, Fernandinho's heir apparent here. Mm-hmm. And, and for 11 million less, mind you, than, than Napoli originally wanted. They yeah. wanted for him. There's been we... a lot of, of stick thrown Cheeky's way over his negotiating <laughs> tactics. Did very well here, I'd say. You know, I wait an extra two weeks, knock the price down $10 million. I can deal with that. Let's, I want to take just five minutes. I know we're on Jorginho, but, but let's get there through Cheeky for a second, okay? <clears throat> this is a guy who took a ton of shit. A ton. A ton. Of... Back in the Pellegrini era. As a matter of fact... Yeah. People wanted him, half of them wanted him gone. The other half were like, we can't get rid of him, otherwise we can't get Pep. Right. That was really the only argument to keep him for a while that people exactly. were making. It's exactly. like, we can't get rid of him or we won't get Pep. <laughs> That's a pretty damn important argument to considering that the plan worked, okay? Let's state this. The plan to get Pep starting in 2008 worked. Okay, so we have to acknowledge that the plan was feasible because it worked. Um, so, so moving on from there, Cheeky took so much crap leading up to this. But now that Pep's been here, and people give Pep all the credit for these players wanting to come here, and that is deserved credit. And Pep is involved in the negotiations by way of calling players, talking to players, encouraging players, letting them know what their role is going to be with City, so on and so forth. But it still takes a businessman to get these deals done, and that's exactly what Shiki has been doing. And let's take a look, too. Who is City's most expensive player, Gray? Is it still? No, it's Laporte now, isn't it? It's Laporte. It's yeah. Laporte. Laporte took the play. Yeah, Laporte took the place of Kevin De Bruyne, who for the longest time, mind you, was the most expensive City player, I believe, at 54.8. Yeah. And prior to that, it was Aguero at 38, I believe. Mm-hmm. So you have clubs to the left and to the right bitching about City spending, but what they really should be bitching about is City's efficiency in spending. Because it's not the sum total. The other clubs are spending that United and Liverpool you are spending it. It's the efficiency of the spending. Meanwhile, while, while, while Man United inexplicably pay $95 million for Romelu Lukaku, I mean, I like the guy and all. I think, he's, I think he's got goals in him. I'm not saying he's not United quality, but $95 million? I mean, my God. All right. 
it's, you know, you get Laporte for around 57. I mean, you look what they paid for Sané. You look by the they... way, can I break in real quick and say that yeah. Laporte would have cost about $25 million less had he joined as originally intended the summer before. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's worth noting that Laporte backed out of the deal at the very last minute. He did. And it would have cost uh, somewhere around 30 I believe, if I remember correctly. So this was more pet needed cover. His and first... there's so few defenders available that can play the style that he needs to play that are available at a price that isn't eye-watering. Yeah, and, 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 and to Pep's surprise, Laporte's like, you know, I screwed up the last time around. I would like to come. I mean, it just worked out that way. City never went into it with the idea, okay, we're going to break the record to bring Laporte here. It was just sort of circumstance, I would argue. These other clubs are intentionally spending 70, 90 million plus on guys like Virgil van Dyke, Romelu Lukaku, and Paul Pogba. And United, whether you want to blame Mourinho or you want to blame Pogba's competence, whatever the hell the case may be, they're not getting their money's worth, whereas guys like Bernardo Silva for City, who may have a slow start, they come on like gangbusters at the end of the season. It takes them a minute to ease into the style of play. Oh, I mean, yeah, they're not, not been played in the same <laughs> was, Hey, dude, welcome to City. Get the hell out there. What well, was Sané? Sané was around 38, 39, and he took a while to get going, but I would say he got going. I, I would say Sané found his groove. I would also say that Raheem Sterling, who cost a little penny. 45, it took him, I believe. 45 rising. Yeah, it took him a minute, but you know what? I, I don't know why my, my mind is a steel trap on transfer fees, but it is. <laughs> I don't know why either. It's, <laughs> it's the strangest thing. I can't. It's, it's all the football manager I play, I think. I can't, I can't remember my anniversary with my wife. Like, but I'm, I'm sitting here rattling off every transfer fee that they've paid in the last five years. Um, yeah. Uh, it is worth noting that if reports are true... City will probably break their transfer record again this summer when they sign Mares. They want to do it for 60. Leicester want to do it for a lot more than that, um, which is why they're in an impasse. But, you know, the, City's efficiency, is, I think, has, has been underrated because they, if you think back to the players that have joined since Pep joined the club, Bravo didn't work out, but that was under $20 million. So that's a loss that City can easily absorb. Nolito didn't work out. That was like twelve million. City can afford that in their sleep. Everybody mm. else has proven to be very justified in the outlay. They're gonna get two. I mean, I loathe to call them holding midfielders because that simplifies what they do in the system. But they're getting two deep lying midfielders in Jorginho, and they got Gundogan two summers ago for a less less than seventy million combined. And, and Gundogan, by all rights necessary, another guy that took a hot minute, but you could argue now yeah. has completely he's, he's, grown into his he's role. A very useful player. Um, I mean, I've always loved Gundogan. What did Man United pay for? You know, what did Man United pay for Fred? Fifty-two million. D two somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, yeah. City got a player on par for less, and they 
The only difference between Fred and Jorginho is you you may be saying, okay, United paid a little extra because Fred is considered a set piece specialist. Right. Fred's also a very good player. Like, Fred's a damn good player. I'm not going to sit here and say, considering that he almost joined City in January, that we're going to sit here and pretend that Fred's not a good player. Fred's no, a he's a damn player. good player. I would have been happy if City yeah, had been signed totally him. Fine. But, but he, you know, but he pushed it in, in City, as you said. Well, I mean, what was your tweet? You said it, so I'll let you say I it. I think people are going to be because I think we have seen a distinct change in City's transfer operation uh, mm-hmm. since since Pep joined the club, which is namely. Um, to, to, to use a, a somewhat profane but fitting phrase, shit or get off the pot. Um, mm-hmm. They're going to these teams. They're saying, okay, we want your player. We're going to lay it out. What is, what's your asking price? No, we're going to pay this. Um, and, you know, normal negotiating period. But at, there comes a point, and they don't really wait long to get to that point where it's like, okay, look, you want this to happen? It's time to either, you know compromise on what you're asking a little bit, we'll meet you halfway, or we're going to take our $50 million and we're going to walk away, and we're going to give it to somebody else, because there's a lot of players that want to play for Manchester City. We have a list of backup targets. We don't need to sit here and be thrown over a barrel by you. Yeah. Um, so, you know what? It, it, I, th- I find it very telling that they got... If Leicester keeps pushing this, oh, City are yeah, likely, likely sign Leon Bailey. Yeah, and we will get to that, but they will absolutely walk away. Um, I fully believe that at this point. But they, I think it's telling how well they've done that they got De Laurentiis at Napoli, one of the toughest negotiators in Europe, to give in before the end of June on one of his key players. For less than his initial asking, a fair amount less than his initial asking price. For fans of the sport, Italian clubs have long, and this is this is not a, a knock against them. I think it's you know, some people are tough negotiators. No problem with it. Italians tend to be the toughest negotiators. Getting players out of Syria is incredibly difficult. Um, it, it's a, it's difficult to get the player. There, there's a love of Italy that you know it doesn't. I don't know how to explain it, man. Players love to play. I mean, you look at a dude like Francesco Totti. Look at how much that dude soaked up being in Roma. It's just, you just don't see that elsewhere. I mean, maybe in England, maybe, but I don't know if it's on that level. Anyway, uh, my point being here is is they did a stunning job with, with the Laurentiis. They just, just, just did. And the funny part is is that throughout the entire process of this deal, and this is one aspect of it that gets overlooked, Napoli was never pissed. Napoli was never frustrated. Napoli never had mm-hmm. to use those tactics you have to use. You could see, it, you could see it last week. Or as De Laurentiis was saying, well, we have a lot of negotiating to do, but I think eventually it will get done. Yeah. And that is, okay. <laughs> That's not normal. Yeah. I remember when Cavani was sold to PSG. Oh, De Laurentiis was throwing – Cavani's throwing me under – he's de- betrayed me. He's throwing me under the bus, and all these teams have no respect for – you know, no, we're here. Yeah, it'll get done. Ugh, okay. That's different. It, it's one of the craziest things to watch City work because they truly, truly just don't – care anymore 
They know the game. And I'm not sure who came in and was like, look, this is how we're going to twist the transfer policy. This is how we're going to twist everything. But it's it's we're going to make it work for us. And everybody used to blab, oh, City came in, they just spend money to bring in players. And it's like, really? They do? Because, again, I'm going to point out their most expensive player was a guy, a deal that came together just randomly at the last minute. You know, like, I still would say, intentionally, De Bruyne is the most expensive player. Intentionally. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you're talking about 54.8. So, No. City are not just throwing money to throw money. They're they're waiting it out, and they're now getting the player that fits their system. They're just not here. Come over. They've learned their lesson with the Nolitos and the Bravos of the world. It, and, it helps uh, significantly, I think, that they just don't have a lot of needs anymore. Oh, like, true. they're set at so many positions that they can just go in, pick off, like, two players. That's really... They're targeting... Two positions this summer. That's it, um, because they're set in the vast majority of of their positions. Because they they've signed a bunch of defenders. They don't need to do unless someone leaves, which doesn't look likely right now. They're set in defense. They're mostly set in attack. Jorginho will set them up in midfield because I think that we might see Bernardo Silva centrally more next year. Particularly I think, if they I sign Mares. The one play position they need, I think they need striker. Aguero is closer to Independiente than he is to his glory days, and I realize he's still turning him in. That's not my point here. I don't think Gabriel Jesus is a long-term successor to Aguero. I think that Jesus and Aguero fundamentally are two different types of strikers. And Jesus can provide, and Jesus can score, but I see him more as a poacher. Aguero's a guy that he doesn't care. He'll drill it from outside the box. He'll drill it from inside the box. He is a pure out-and-out striker, whereas I see Jesus more as a center forward. Um, I do think that at some point, especially even if you say, okay, you know what, Jesus is the dude. If he comes amazingly good, yada, 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 he's the guy who's going to replace Aguero. You still need somebody to back up Jesus. So I I do think they need a striker. If Aguero goes down injured, what are they going to do? Just move Mares or somebody up top? I realize Pep can do that. I just think fundamentally it changes the game when they have somebody like Aguero who can create goals quite literally out of nothing. I would not mind it. I will put that out there right now. But That's probably a yeah. fair way to look at it. But fun, yeah, is, I fundamentally, even if we do agree that, okay, yeah, another – they don't need a lot. They're, this is the most settled that, that their their roster has ever been since you know since the takeover, honestly. Because they have a clear plan for everyone. They know exactly. I mean, Silva's gonna David Silva's getting up there, but they've already got his heir apparent. Fernandinho's over thirty, but they're signing his heir apparent. They you know the the situation after Aguero goes is more open. I trust that it will be addressed at some point, but. The fact that they are people they're looking at. Oh, you know? I'm sure they do. Yeah, I have no doubt that, especially with Guardiola committing with the new contract, I have no doubt that they're thinking well ahead of of, of where they are at right now. So 
they're just so settled. They have a lot of players either in the prime of their career or not even in the prime of their career yet because you've got guys like Sterling and Sané and Jesus Stones. And, and Stones and even Laporte that, and Mendy, honestly, that aren't even close to entering their physical and mental primes as players. Um, and, and, you know, De Bruyne is there right now. He's just entering it. Um, you know, guys like it's, it's, they're so well positioned now, which is remarkable considering two summers ago, we were talking about, they're so old. They have to clear out half the squad. Boy, did they perfectly. And now we can sit here and say, they're so young. There's, they have, there's, it's, it's such a young squad. Most of them are either not even in the prime of their career or just entering the prime of their career. And they're signed up long-term, they too. They signed this up long-term. There's they not really... Commit. Sterling's the only player that might have some contract questions down the road, but everyone still sounds optimistic about it, even though the negotiations this summer apparently didn't go as well as they would have liked them to. So it's not really something I'm sweating right now. And they, they've they done such a good... I mean, how long has Ederson signed for now? Like, 2040 it's they're they're so yeah they've 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 done such an immaculate job of of long-term planning here and it's deeply contrasted when you look at man united as Mourinho just throws crap at at the the holes and hopes that it sticks at this point um and unsettles the talent that they have i'm gonna put this on the record right now mark my words we have, you know, the, the the famous triumvirate of Lukaku, De Bruyne, and and uh, Salah that he let go at Chelsea. Um, Martial's going to join that club. Yep. I have. I rate him so highly. Martial um, is going to join that club, and you know what? I'd laugh my ass off if City swooped him up. I, I wish. I would. I truly wish that they would, but I, yeah, I don't. I, I think that Mourinho might hold him for ransom rather than or Ed Woodward would hold him for ransom rather than. But I wouldn't say at this stage. Yeah, because ima- imagine if that happened. Oh, he'd never be able to show his face in public. But um, especially if Pep gets a hold of of Martial and is like, "All right, dude." Yeah, I can make you. I, I actually think that he could be like the the creative scoring center forward long term. I think he can play centrally. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Here you have a long-term guy that can come in either off the wing, who, who can be a provider, and or he can move centrally. Martial has an incredible ability to create. He really does. He's got he's got good he's he's you know an Andy pedal guy. He can work it with either the right or the left. I've seen him do quite well with both. Uh, and and. He's a creative dude when he's not being stifled by somebody like Mourinho, you know? Uh, yeah, man, I, I realize we're getting slightly off topic here because this started about Jorginho, right? But Martial, my God, dude, I would I would be happy with him. I would be yes. so happy. But, but I, don't, I don't have a lot else to say about Jorginho other than the fact that he seems to be so tailor-made to everything that, that they want to do. That It's just, it, it seems like a perfect fit. Um, How excited are you for this guy? And, and, and what was your general impression of him when watching Napoli? I'm more excited about this one than I will be about the Mares deal, actually, because I just think that I don't. Let me be clear about Fernandinho. He had an incredible season, but you're, you're you know, Fernandinho was a guy that was inherited by Pep and molded into the perfect, you know, the, the perfect. Pep style 
center mid who can dictate play from deep. Um, and that was not really, you know, it's not, it wasn't a logical fit when he walked in the door. You know, Fernandinho is kind of like a Swiss Army knife of players. But, you know, there, there, was, there was surely some effort required there to make him into what he became. What you're signing right now is a player who already fits the mold perfectly, but yet has the ability to be further molded into an even more suitable player for the role and for the team. And that, I would argue. That I would argue. I would argue that Fernandinho maybe offers a bit more going forward. Like, I would agree with that. Yes. When Fernandinho launches Fernandinho one, was box to box when he was signed. Mm-hmm. And he's still box-to-box with incredible... The guy's 32 and and, and, and just has ridiculous cardio. Like, let's just get that. His his role redefined since since Pep joined the club. For the better. He's sort of like a a Herschel Walker, you know, just... Or a Terrell Owens. It just doesn't matter how old he is. The dude's a great athlete with incredible conditioning. Like, actually, you know what's a better fit for him? He's sort of the Jerry Rice... Like, a very cerebral player who knows how to make it work long-term. He might not be the fastest, he might not be the most intelligent, but you know what? He's dedicated, he puts in the work, he pays attention, he does everything you need a player to do, and he's willing to commit to being a leader. Like, you can't ask for much more out of a midfielder. So, in that vein, if Jorginho can come in, and I liked him when I saw him with Napoli, I thought... You know, as as much as, you know, those games were kind of back and forth with both teams like, we can break too, but, you know, <laughs> like, you're not the only one who can break at breakneck speed. And you had Fernandinho controlling it going one way, and then you had Jorginho controlling it going another way. Now you're going to have both dudes on the same team controlling it going one way. And I'm kind of excited about that, too. The second reason I'm excited about that is because not that Pep plays this way, but it does give him an option. Are you playing a team that's going to try and attack more than City? Maybe a team like Liverpool? Now you have the option of playing with two holding midfielders. You can you can sit back in maybe a 4-2-3-1 and, and allow... Fernandinho to get forward, but trust that he can handle being in a more defensive role when a team like Liverpool is pressing forward with the talent that they have. I think both guys offer that ability. And similar with Gundogan, I think you could, you know, you put Gundogan in there, same thing. You have a guy that's defensive, but that can get forward. So Mm -hmm. I do think it opens up interesting tactical possibilities for Pep. We'll see what he does with it this year. But I think he found out last year when they uh, when they did those when Pep overthought and tried to play clog up the midfield against Liverpool and Arsenal. Didn't quite have the depth and personnel to do it correctly. No, and this gives them the depth. Yeah, it, it helps. I would also add, it's a very minor thing that could end up being a very not minor thing. He took penalties for Napoli. Yeah. He, he scored against City taking a penalty for Napoli in the Champions League last year. Um, I, I, so, you know. point. That's kind of one of those things that sits mm-hmm. out there on the first. It's, it's just sort of, you know, you don't think about it. It's like, yeah, the City have guys that can make penalties. But, you know, if City ever end up in a penalty shootout or, you know, maybe, you know, Aguero's had his issues from the spot in the past. 
Maybe. You never know. It's a good thing to have in your back pocket. Um, so, um, let's talk about uh, the, the, the proposed Riyad Mahrez deal. Um, I think, you know, for those who haven't kept up to date, if you haven't kept up to date, um, per reporting, City have tried to include Patrick Roberts as a makeweight. Um, Lester signed Madison from Norwich, I believe, that kind of makes that less of an option at this point. Um, Lester apparently wants seventy-five million. City want to pay sixty. They are having a hard time bridging that gap. I would just say one thing: um, Lester have held on to him far longer than I thought they would. Mm. Um, he has given them, I think, everything that, that 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 they can reasonably expect him to give them. He's twenty-seven years old. He turns twenty-eight next February. His contract expires after the 2019-2020 season. So he's going into the second to last year of his contract. If Leicester are really not going to negotiate here, if they are actually going to let City walk away from this, I think they're making a big mistake because they're not going to get this price for him again. Because next season, next summer, if you know teams come in for him again, he's going to be a 28-year-old entering the last year of his contract. They're not. That's not the type of player that you get $60 million for. Mm-mm. And when there's the day's gonna come. He's I've already walked out on them after the January transfer fell through. What reason do you have to believe that he's gonna sit down with them and extend his contract again? None. Yeah. None, None. whatsoever. It, it, it's not gonna happen. If Lester prevent him from from he like you say entering Yep. And, and and you know what? I'm sure he'll be very vocal about it too. Like he'll let Lester know you guys have a zero point zero 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 percent chance of me committing to this club again. Like you can either sell me or I'm walking on a free. But mark my words, I will be in a different uniform. Like I I I I can't say mark my words that I I think we will see that. But if Lester push it. I would not at all be surprised to see that. I would oh, yeah. put it at like 75, 25, that some it's, type of crap will come out. It's, it's why I actually think that this will eventually get done this summer. Because City, as we have discussed, have shown, they showed it in January with Alexis Sanchez. You, if the, you, No, we're going to walk. Straight up. Go. Go somewhere else. We'll walk. And we will move on with our lives. They didn't even sign an alternative to Sanchez. They just didn't sign anyone. They said, no, we're done. We're walking. We're walking out. And that was over more over the player demands than, than Arsenal's demands. But it is still a statement to make that they're saying, look, we have literally been after Alexis Sanchez for years. This is not a guy that they just popped up and they're like, oh, we should sign him. No, they were after Alexis Sanchez for a very long time. But when push came to shove, they said no. We're not going to be that club. And if Leicester th- don't think that the same thing will happen here, if they are not willing to compromise a bit on this, then I think they're going to learn a very hard lesson. <laughs> um, yeah. Because I, there's no doubt in my mind that they will they will walk away, call up Bayer Leverkusen and say, hey, this Leon Bailey guy you got, what do you want? Let's start talking. Yeah, and I can guarantee you the numbers aren't going to reach what City would have paid for Riyad Mahrez. Mm-hmm. Like, 
they're going to get a younger player for cheaper. Yep. And, and it is going to be mind-boggling. That's, so it's like, I, I mean, honestly, that would be the approach that I would do. I'd be like, look, man, we, we've already got Leon Bailey basically who said, yeah, I, I'm mm-hmm. ready. You know, mm-hmm. well, like, I'll just get it done. I'm ready. Like, And we did see City float these pressure tactics in Napoli when they floated that uh, Mateo Kovacic rumor a, a week ago. When they said, look, it was City, they're having a hard time in talks. Here are three alternatives, Napoli. And it was so transparently a bargaining tactic. But at the same time, it worked. <laughs> it very much worked. I mean, Mateo Kovacic isn't half the player that Jorginho And I think Kovacic is a good player, but you I know, do. you're taking a step down. You are. And City but, were willing to take that step down, which just comes back to their negotiating. back to say, look... We can we can make a lot of things work at this club, you know. This is not something that you know. I don't know if you just noticed, but we put up a hundred points. <laughs> yeah, we put up a hundred points. Um, we are going to be making a serious run at the Champions League next year. Um, it's you know we are currently the 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 best team points wise in the history of top flight English football. So you know what? Line up, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to come, you know? Who wants in? <laughs> oh, you do? Good. Would you like to have a word with your club about that? Because we could use that. Thanks. That's well, basically how this is going at this point, and it is going the to... Problem, the problem here is is that Riyad Mahrez has already had several words. He with has. <laughs> but I think, I, think that, I think that Lester are... Riding that knife's edge right now, and they're put. They're taking a huge risk. I mean, maybe they think that they can get City to budge up to sixty-five. I don't know. What, I don't know how do these you, work. I, I would be fine if City paid sixty-five for. I would for also Mark. be fine if City paid sixty-five. Yes. So once you get into the the seventies, then it starts yeah, to sure. get a bit eye-watering for me, and I'm piecing out. Yeah, I'm I'm not good with. Because, Above and, 65. And, and and resale value is not really something that City need to be concerned with. They have enough money on their, on their books that it's not like they need to be making yeah, a profit. They're, they're, they're not trying to resell. They're they, trying to milk they, it. They don't need to be making a profit on player sales here. But you are signing a player who's not going to have any resale value. If you give him a four- or five-year contract, he's going to be 32, 33 by the time it expires. So you're signing a guy who you're not going to get money back for. Um not a huge concern of mine. I'm fine with it. But, you know, this is it's this is the sort of thing where, like, if you sign Leon Bailey, um, it's and he turns, he's, what, 20, 21? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if he turns into, like, amazing and Real Madrid like ours, first of all, they've been very good at rebuffing Real Madrid all, all the time since they, you know. But second of all, you know, that's a guy that you can get $100 million for down the road if you really wanted to. Um, that's not the case here. So, yeah, I'm I'm drawing the line in the sand around 65 and telling Lester to uh, to shove it if they if they're not willing to to meet halfway there, um, because they already they already gave it up once in January. I don't remember what city were willing to pay in January. I th- honestly think the figures are similar, um, but I th- I think city have pretty comprehensively proved that they have a they have a value in mind for Riyad Mahrez. They're willing to pay it, um, but they're not going to. Uh, they're not going to move the numbers if Leicester aren't willing to uh, to meet them there. And I think that's a very tricky game that Leicester are choosing to play. Um, that could very easily backfire on them. 
Yeah, I, and and I, I'm not unlike you. I am not convinced that the Mares deal gets done. Um, That's fair. I mean, there's I, a lot of there's a lot. Of, I, 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 to be clear, I think there's a lot of ways that it could theoretically go south. You you want to know why I think the, the Mares deal may not get done? I, I think it pushes not not necessarily to the limit that you're talking about where City just walk away. But I think there's a tipping point at City where they start to realize that, as you've already said, Leon Bailey's just a better investment. And there may come a point where Pep's like, you know what, just go ahead and get Bailey. Like, I'm not pissed at Marez, but at this stage, I want to start planning for what we're going to be doing. So I've, I've been thinking about why they haven't done that in the first place, honestly. I, it's, it's, it's a strange, it's a strange it's question. Crossed, it's crossed my mind. The, con- the only conclusion that I can come to is that they – already have a lot of guys who are in that 2021-22 age bracket that are still developing, and they want a winger who is the finished product. And proven in the Premier League yeah. would be... And I think that it's the same logic that went into their, their efforts to sign Sanchez. It was like, okay, here's a, guy, here's a guy who's done it at this level and is already the finished product, and we can rely on him. I, honestly, I you know it's an educated guess, but I think that's where the logic's coming from on this. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I think they look at Mares as a guy who can run straight at defenders. He, mm-hmm. he has the ability to create. He has the ability to store. We have seen oh. him. I mean, not that Sana and Sterling are not capable of creative play, of creative play, but we have seen Mares absolutely in the Premier League absolutely run games from that for, those forward positions creatively. Mm-hmm. Like he was, you know, Jamie Vardy got so much of the publicity, but when Leicester won the Premier League, he was the guy. That was his team. And you know what? Like Everything the PFA good in that team came year. from him. And the PF, a lot of talk about the PFA Player of the Year did focus on Mares too. Like, I, I, it, didn't he win it? <laughs> I believe so. I did, yeah, he won it, I think. So, you know, people it, rec- it, people it, did recognize that ultimately. Yeah, people were, were bringing up Vardy, but ultimately I think that people looked at what Mares did and was like, all right, look, dude, Vardy got his accolades this guy, though. And, and so... I, I I would say that's why City are holding out. I'm fine with that because Mares is a destructive force. He just mm-hmm. is. And I do think that against teams like Liverpool, maybe Sterling, you know what? It's just a better option to start somebody like Mares. You know, it's like, hey, Sterling, maybe one day, but you just have not proven that that against Liverpool starting you is the wisest of ideas. Yeah. I, it's never a bad thing to have options because we've seen, you know, Sterling has his days where he's not, you know, Sané is still young to, to the point that he does have very inconsistent spells. When Sané is on, there are honestly few wide players in the Premier League who can do who can do what he does. But when he's off, you know, he's just, he's, he tends to be very anonymous. Um, and so it's never a bad thing to have like that. Okay, time time for Plan B. Because um, Plan A is not quite working as we hoped it would. No, you know it's it's never it's never a bad thing to have a Plan B or a Plan C. Um, and and I think that that signing Riyad Mahrez or a player of that caliber gives you a Plan A and a Plan A one and a Plan A two, and you can go so many different directions with it. But you are in a really good situation if you can you can dial that many. And you if you're City. You know, they're not going to say it out loud, but they are going to be saying, look, we are going to be in four competitions next year. There's no reason that we shouldn't compete for all of them. And it looks like playing a lot of games. 
it looks like City have poached a uh, from the juvenile B team at uh, La Masia, Adrie uh, Bernabe. Yep, Adrie Bernabe, if I'm pronouncing that right. Um, on two or three, like poachings from La Masia. Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> they got the defender last year. Not to mention, um, I believe in January they they signed that uh, that that young defensive or they they agreed the terms with that young defensive midfielder PSG Claudio Gomez. And, and while I get that, it, you know, you never can tell with these players. The word of caution: if Lamasi is like, we don't need him. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying they're not mm-hmm. good. I'm not saying they won't make a mistake. But there's always a reason why a club opts to let somebody go. Ultimately. Always a reason. So I, I, but that said, I'm always excited about signing players from any of them. I mean, this is juvenile. My recollection is the defender that they signed last year. They Barcelona tried very hard to keep him, and they failed to do so. So, yeah, it's it's going to be very interesting to see how some of these players pan out. But again, we're talking about a guy who's in the juvenile B team. Yeah, it's, it's a fun tidbit, but it's, it's at, fun. At, this, at this point in his career, that's kind of all it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in 2021, we may be having a discussion about him, but yeah. until then, this will just have to do. Let's talk very quickly about Save the World Cup, because I have a girlfriend who wants to have dinner. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, I, I, you know, as this has been an exciting World Cup from an excitement standpoint, but, you know, it's World Cup standard soccer. It's not always great, but a lot of set-piece goals. I will say, this is, this is the one thing I want to say, um... As we assess City player performances at the World Cup, I was really happy to see Aguero score for Argentina because he's always had such a hard time at the international level. It's so funny. I was telling my roommate that the very morning. I'm like, I don't know if I'd start Aguero, then he starts and scores. He said, I think sometimes the creative players in that team get so deferential to Messi that they, they compromise too much and they blunt everything that makes them good. Um... But it was really a good goal too. I was I was I was happy for him, um, and I was I was happy to see him score for Argentina because that means a lot to him. I have no doubt. Did you go to uh, especially at the World Cup? Because I think the one thing that's been the only thing that's really been missing in Aguero's career since he came to City has been that performance international can, success yeah, you can point to with the Argentina national team saying. You know, oh, this was my great game, or I did something here. Like this, this is sort of what Argentina need. They need Aguero to be that guy who can put they it in. They need someone else. I don't know. It can be anyone, but they need somebody else. Because like I say, Ayin isn't getting it done either, man. Yeah. Like Ayin's the reason they didn't win a World Cup. So mm-hmm. you put that wide after Manuel Neuer completely whiffed. On getting it, and Higuain couldn't. Higuain also bottled the Copa America too, I believe. Yeah, he bottled the Copa America final too. But I mean, the World Cup one for me is bigger because Manuel Neuer wasn't even in the net. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. that would that would have crowned that would have yeah. crowned Lionel Messi's career. <laughs> he had nothing else to prove if he won a World Cup. I don't know how you miss an empty net, <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, it's just been one calamity for Argentina after another at the striker position. So. And Aguero's been a part of that, unfortunately. So I'm like you. I'm thrilled over the idea that that he put one in the net, and I hope that maybe playing with Pep and having the season that he's had, and and man, you you know, 
you want to say Jorge Sampaoli can can do this, but I don't know if he can. If he does it, he's going to do it without a midfield and without a defense. <laughs> I mean, I, I you'd yeah. like to think that he could, but 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 you know, I I don't know what Argentina is going to do at this World Cup. I don't think that they're a favorite to win it. I don't in, either. I, in truth, I don't think Brazil is very good either. Um. I don't think. I think Brazil can be good, but they're not good. Yeah, can't, Brazil can. <laughs> That's the thing. They're not going to grow up at this. I'm term. watching them, and I'm watching France, and I'm like, why are you all so like this? I would kill to have this this array of talent at my disposal, but you <laughs> people can't put it together. <laughs> the same thing when I watch Belgium. It's, yeah. uh, though, you know what though? Under Roberto Martinez, Belgium have had one of the best starts at the World Belgium Cup. Belgium played well. It took them a while, and they needed a worldie from Mertens to get going. But once they did, yeah, but that you know, by De Bruyne, though, dude, that pass, oh my god, man! And you know what? This is one thing I'm hoping for Spain because similar to Aguero, David Silva's not really been like that dude for I felt Spain. Bad for him today. He had two or three good chances to score, but just didn't. Iran played. Um, a, a bust that would make Jose Mourinho blush. And I don't begrudge them for that, because it was the only way they had a chance of getting anything out of that game. And, and to be fair, they only lost the game by a goal. And they almost did get something out of that game, yeah. <laughs> a freak Diego Costa deflection. But, yeah, Silva's had his issue, you know. I, 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 it's, he's had there's, – there's so much talent at, at – at, or has been in the last decade at the international level in Spain that it's kind of hard to make an impression when you have to <laughs> – I'm not sure that With they... Iniesta and Javi in the team. is like, okay, yeah, yeah, I guess so. But not anymore. They're running a midfield of Iniesta, Isco, and Silva. And I'm like, what? What? Like, why do you have three of the same player on the field? <laughs> and then you put Silva further forward and I'm like, we need you to finish. It's like, anyone who's ever watched David Silva knows that if there's one attacking aspect of his game that's lagged behind the others, it's the finishing. Yeah. I, I mean, why aren't you putting Isco forward? At least that guy's shown that he's a finisher to some degree. I, I don't know. I, you know Marco Asensio more. I love that guy. You know, Spain... Dude, all right, we'll have to talk about that next time. But but but, but going back to Kevin De Bruyne, real quick, because I know your girlfriend wants to have dinner. I legit think that Belgium have an honest chance at winning this cup. I realize Roberto Martinez t- has taken some stick at, at the uh, club level, but maybe Roberto Martinez is just a badass international manager. It did take Belgium a while to get going, but I can't think of a single team. That has started strong. Even Portugal had to get a penalty. You know, Portugal was basically Ronaldo against Spain. Yeah, that. I mean, even Ronaldo had to come up with a worldie. So yeah. had to score worldies to get teams going or to Belgium, save. Yeah, yeah, Belgium looked sharp. I thought England looked sharp for periods. Yeah, I was, I, I was impressed by them actually. I think Garrett's they, they had room. To, they absolutely have room to improve, but there were stretches where they were just battering the hell out of out of Tunisia. I know it's Tunisia, but... Yeah, I think Garrett Southgate is is the right manager for this team. I they think have... England, England have a cohesive plan, and they know what they're doing. And at a World Cup level, not every team has that, and it's something to, there's something to be said for it. I, I, I 
do think Belgium and England are two teams that can go far in this tournament, and that's not something. I, I mean, I decided I was going to be Team Belgium since the Netherlands are out of this. I decided I was going to be Team Be- Kevin De Bruyne. How can you not? Uh, and Vincent Company, you got the captain and the future captain uh-huh. just chilling there. And 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 I legit think that uh, that that Belgium, because of the play of De Bruyne, have an honest to god chance of winning this. Like a couple I'm, years I'm ago, basically, yeah. I'm rooting Air. for the Man City players, and that's whoever goes far. I'm 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 behind them. <laughs> well, what if France and Argentina make the final? What do you do then? Do you go with the? Is it done by number of city? Yeah, I don't team? know what I would do. I really don't know. Okay, oh, can, can I just say something about France? Sure. Um, is, is that you know I've been reading the reports all summer that you know. City, even if they sign Mares, will go for a world-class talent like Azard or Mbappe if they become available, which I totally support. The, the, I would I would only add that I wish they would add Usman Dembele to that group of players because I think he's my going Jesus to be stunning. Dude, my Jesus Christ, Usman Dembele is probably my favorite young player not playing for City right now. He's going to be absolutely. And to be clear, I don't think Barcelona will let him leave this summer, but if they did, I would be pissed if they weren't all over that. Dude, I don't care what they'd have to pay for Usman Dembele. If Barca are like, yeah, we'll let him go $100 million, pay it. Pay I would it. pay $100 million for Usman pay Dembele. It. Pay it. I won't even think twice. Pay it. Hey, Cheeky paid $150 million for Usman Dembele. Who cares? We got Dembele. Yeah, I, I would cry my eyes out if City signed Dembele. That's my only thought on France. <laughs> That guy, that guy is stupid. That guy is just stupid good. It's not fair how good he is. And I sign him to every FIFA team I ever have. As you should. That's <laughs> right. So, uh, as Gray said, we will be back after the group mm-hmm. stage, barring any major news. It was kind of one of those things that we set out. We realized... We that- had a year. Uh, yeah. We should clarify now that we do not plan on a repeat of last year in podcast terms this coming season. Yeah. It, it, it was it was a combination of both of us moved at the start with trying to get unpacked and then trying to find the energy to come back and, and do a podcast with half the season already gone. It was it was just a cluster and we apologize. On my end, also to be blunt, I was just having so much fun watching the team play <laughs> that everything else just kinda of slipped my mind. <laughs> No, it was a hundred point. It was it was probably the worst season that we could have not on record. Like in terms, how, how did you guys not cover that season? Right. But this, like, that's see what it comes back to. We were I, there. Every game, it was so fun to watch. The only ones I couldn't watch were the Liverpool. I couldn't do it. I, I the five nil. I was totally good with, but that away game killed me. I, I had to stop watching, I think, after 3-0 Liverpool. I was like, oh, God, this isn't going to go well. Mm-hmm. But, so before we close this out, um, they didn't ask me to do this, and I didn't tell you I was going to do this, but um, the Blue Moon podcast is soliciting donations again. Um, and they're not asking for much. Uh, I believe something like 5 bucks gets you the extended access to everything they do. The point of this is, We've been on their podcast before. We've had their people on our podcast before. They're great. They do such good work. They do a lot of things that other podcasts don't in terms of like exclusive interviews and content like that. Um, 
and it is a hard thing to put together. So they need financial support, and they are soliciting financial support. And I would highly encourage anyone who listens to us and enjoys us but hasn't listened to them or donated to them to strongly consider doing so because they do great work. They really do. David and Mooney is the man. He is. He is. David Mooney is a really good friend. Uh, he puts his heart and soul into it. And, and you know the crazy part is – is that Mooney, for the life of him, doesn't get the credit that other Man City writers do uh, when, when honestly, he busts his ass just as hard, if not harder, than some of those guys to get this done on a weekly basis with with really not much backing. You know, it's not like ESPN FC is lining up to give them crap. So um, truly a guy that I think does an amazing job and, as Gray said, somebody that we support indefinitely. So if you get the chance... Sign up. We do. Uh, uh, oh, one last thing on that note. Howard Hawken actually has a new book out on City. Yes, he does. And I'm I glad you remember this. I'm, I already picked it up. Uh, uh, my, my, my tablet is, is on the fritz right now, so I, I can't exactly. Do you remember the name? Um, I've been put on the spot here. Hold on. Yeah, <laughs> I want to I get this in because we're here, and I want to get this in. If we're going, if we're going to say something about it, it is we should say something about it. Um, so you hear, uh, two thousand centurions. Yes, it's called centurions. Well, that's simple, isn't it? We probably should figure that one yeah, out. Yeah, I, I knew what I had to do with the, with the uh, with this past season. Uh, but 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 Howard Hawking is centurions. It is. It's got Kevin De Bruyne drawing on the cover. It's a season review of of 2018 season. Obviously, it is called Centurion. And so it's, that's, and it's, it's done in, in Howard Hawkins' inimitable style. Right. It, there it, is no it, one like Howard Hawkins in the City fan base. No. And I say that as the utmost compliment. Yeah, I, I agreed. Howard Hawkins delivers things as only he can, and I wouldn't have it any other way. It's what I've come to expect from him. It is what I love. Uh, I actually have already started reading it. I haven't finished it, but I have started reading it. Uh, if 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 you get the chance, it is virtually nothing. Um, it's eight pound ninety nine on if you're if you're not in the U.S. Uh, if you have Kindle Unlimited, you can actually download and read the book for free. Imagine that. So there's really no reason for you not to pick it up, and there's no reason for you not to support the Blue Moon Podcast. And I, and I want to make clear that none of them asked us to do this. We're doing this, no, fact, they don't even we're know. Doing this because we feel that strongly about it. Yeah, they don't even know we're doing it and probably no, find they out. They probably won't even hear this, but we're <laughs> doing it anyway. But basically, we are with any City fan who does who does good stuff about the club. All There's so many good podcasts um, other than us, and... We're with all of them. So as those guys support them. They are fully deserving of it. So I think that settles us for today. Yep. Yes. Um, for Josh, I'm Gray. We will be back. We'll get back to taking questions, things like that, we'll, once things ramp up a bit. But, yeah, um, barring anything important happening, you'll probably hear from us in about a two weeks. 29. The 29th is what Closer I have. Closer to a week and a half when the group stage of the World Cup is over and we will reassess everything then. Maybe talk more at length about the World Cup. And until then, thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking with the American Citizens Podcast. We really do appreciate it. Um, and we'll be back at you very soon. Thanks and have a great week, everybody. Later.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 